0: You are Locked On hey, Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I
1: outstanding for this week. And uh,
0: what do you feel like
1: this game has a bigger feel to it than even the Florida game? That, that blows me away a little bit, but it really does.
0: Well, I'll tell you something that'll blow you away, and that's Rock Auto. If you go check out Rock Auto, that's who's bringing you this uh, podcast today. But you're right, Jimmy. I think you uh, bring up a great point that this game does seem bigger, uh, and probably, I guess, because it is. I mean, there's a lot more at stake here. I mean, look, um, first of all is in the division. Secondly, is Lane Kiffin, who spent three years or almost three years in Alabama. Um, it's another Saban versus assistant storyline. Uh, you've got guys like Chris Doring saying, "Hey, he thinks Ole Miss is going to go in there and win." Now, Chris Doring is sounding a little bit butthurt, hurt, if you ask me. Um, I don't know why, but it sounds like he is um, adamant that Ole Miss is going to win, um, and it does seem bigger, and that's why it kind of shocks me. Even though we talked about this yesterday, I can't believe game day is going to Arkansas, Georgia. Now, you made a great point that ESPN is carrying that game, but I thought I also had a great point that that this Alabama game's got more storylines, and they've first of all they've already covered Georgia in the Clemson game, and that game's at eleven o'clock. So. I don't know. I, I find it just odd that they're going there, but that's fine. Um, I, I'm not trying to be petty about it because it's not the, not a big deal one way or the other. I mean, I'm just, I thought I found it odd.
1: Yeah. I bet there was a debate in, in the room when they make such decision. I don't think it's one. I mean, obviously the producers, the suits, you know, they, they, they make the the ultimate decision, the bean counters, you know, it's gotta be about making money. It's a business. It's not a charity. Uh, they have to to make up their mind based on several factors, and I I bet it was close. I I bet this was a tough, uh, even controversial call for them. In the end, they're going all in, though. Do you see that not only is it game day and kicking off at 11, so it's game day, immediately followed by Arkansas, Georgia, which means just like this past weekend, they'll move the last hour of the show inside the stadium. Not only are they doing that, but Fowler and Herbstreet are going to call the game. At 11 a.m., it'll be Fowler and Herb Street upstairs in the booth. So ESPN really pushing their their chips all in on Arkansas, Georgia, and uh, and that's fine. CBS will have Alabama, Ole Miss immediately following at 2:30, and Saturday night Auburn and LSU. So uh, wow, what a fun Saturday this is going to be for for us and all all the college football fans, especially in the SEC. It.
0: Hey and Kentucky Florida right
1: Kentucky Florida is Saturday as well uh lots of good games good, good games outside the SEC but yeah
0: Kentucky Florida uh that that that's a good one too um so Jimmy let me go ahead and tell everybody about prize picks prize picks is where you want to go they got so many interesting things you can bet on look well you can it's not really betting it's just having fun you go there and you go to prize picks and you pick an over under, and you're like, I want, I think Jameson Williams will have more than 180 yards of kickoff return yardage. Okay. Well, you would have won. You got to parlay it with uh, one to four more other bets, but it's just fun stuff. It's different. You know, everybody wants to. Go look at the spread, Alabama, Ole Miss, whatever. And that's fun. Everybody's going to do that. But these are like games within the game. And that's what makes it Picks so much fun. If you go to PrizePix now or use their award-winning app and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 100% bonus up to $100. That's awesome. That's free money. Go to prizepicks.com or go to the App Store or the Google Store, or not Google Store, Android Store, whatever that's called, and download PrizePix. Uh, the app. It's award-winning. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun. You can do all this within like 60 seconds, whatever you want to put in, you can do it. It's just like a challenge. Just so much fun. Go check out prize picks. I also want to tell everybody about Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. You know the jingle. I don't have to sing it. I do sing it because I know it too, but uh, Rock Auto has got all the parts your car will ever need for reals. You, If you need a cylinder for a 2012 Honda Odyssey. They got that cylinder. I don't know what the cylinder does. I'm not a auto parts guy. You might be, or you have a friend that is, and you just want to save money. Because if you go to rockauto.com, you will save big, big, big money. rockauto.com, so easy to navigate the site. And the how'd you hear about us button, put uh, or box, put locked on. We would appreciate that rock auto all the parts your car will ever need all right jimmy first of all i want to thank all our listeners again you guys um have been huge to us i will say this the whole network is growing by leaps and bounds and we appreciate everybody that listens but i'm going to throw this out there uh we have always been in the top 10 of, of downloads and now, locked on SEC, locked on Razorbacks, locked on Michigan, um, locked on BYU or the Cougars, all that stuff. They've actually passed us now, so we need more Bama fans to tune in to us. We would appreciate that. Uh, check out Locked on Bama. Just spread the good word. We would appreciate it. Um, all right, Jimmy, one thing I want to bring up. Okay, and I, I'm picking nits here a little bit, but I think it's sy- symbolic of a greater problem. All right, so they reviewed the Southern Miss t- – one of the Southern Miss touchdowns where the player dives for the pylon and it, it looked like pretty cut and dry to me that the ball was coming minute. loose as he hit the pylon, which – and the ball goes out of bounds, which should have been Alabama ball in the 20. Um, thankfully, we're playing Southern Miss. They had no shot to win the game, so it didn't matter. I thought they missed that. I thought they missed it pretty clearly. Um uh, at the same time, you go to the Auburn-Georgia State game, uh, which made me laugh and laugh and laugh. But Auburn was definitely handed a gift by the officials on a review where the it was a 19-yard gain. Uh, granted, it was on first down. Auburn still may have won the game. I'm, I'm not saying the officials cost the game. I'm just saying if review is getting things like this wrong, I, I'm all for just abolishing review because all it does is waste time.
1: It's extremely frustrating when, and this is the way I look at it, I mean, if if we're going to keep review, and uh, they're going to keep it, but if they are going to keep review and something's upheld on review that people are still outraged and upset about after the fact, I think it should be a rule that the conference office has to release some sort of statement about the call, either justifying it or saying, boy, we totally screwed that up. I mean, if the only way things are ever going to change, it's just frustrating as hell when you have the review situation, and then review looks at it and still gets it wrong. That's like, what are we doing here? But for the most part, the original concept of of, of the review is great, and it's necessary. It is to overturn. It, it's to overturn a bad call so that justice prevails, but, but they all need to never stray from the original intent. The original intent was not to substitute the judgment of the replay official for the judgment of the official on the field, but to overturn something that the officials on the field clearly got wrong. If they clearly got it wrong, then change it. And, 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 but, but don't, you know, what's even worse to me, Luke, what happens when the officials on the field get it right? And replay overturns it, and never should have. Now that we we should never, ever, 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 ever have that situation. But unfortunately, sometimes we do. But it is more frustrating for me when when replay gets it wrong. I get it when officials on the field make a bad call. That makes all the sense in the world to me. I, I wish fans would get less upset about it. I realize we all will because it's an emotional game, and we all get emotionally attached to to the teams, to the teams that we're. Uh, that we're excited about following, you know, we all get emotionally attached to that. But in the end, uh, officials make mistakes. Umpires make mistakes. It's just
0: part of the game, right? I agree. And I've always said that. And that's why I've always said we don't need review because if players, are if, if players are going to make mistakes, if quarterbacks are going to throw interceptions, if running backs are going to fumble, if offensive linemen are going to miss blocks, if defensive backs are going to misplay a ball, if punters are going to shank a putt, then why can't officials miss a call too, and you just deal with it? And that's what I've always said. This review thing has gotten out of hand. And here's the other problem. We're our own worst enemy with technology, not just you and me, which is very clearly true. But I think that we have too many camera angles. We have too many ways to look at this thing. It, the more we look into it, the more ambiguous it becomes where, you know, you're saying, I think it's moving a little bit. I think the ball's moving a little bit. Now in these two particular calls that I'm talking about from the Alabama and Auburn games, respectively, this past weekend, I thought it was pretty clear that the ball was moving in both instances and hit the ground in one and was uh, clearly not in control when it hit the pylon in another. And so I don't understand Again, if they had just made these calls, and then we just keep going forward, and we didn't have a hundred reviews and have to take all this time, because what es- what essentially you did was give Auburn another timeout. By the way, you know, um, and let them get uh, settled. A lot like the review of the the one second they got back in two thousand nineteen when uh, they were able to line up and kick a field goal, which shouldn't have happened. Um, I'm just saying. And I'm also kind of glad it happened at the same time. So the narrative of officials are always against us uh, is now thrown clearly out the window because there are two games within the past year, this game and the Arkansas game where they were very clearly aided by the officials. I'm not saying that Auburn wouldn't have won anyway. Please don't think that. I just think that the officiating has been so bad universally that Let's just let them be bad without reviewing how bad they are.
1: How about that? It's not going to take much of an argument. It's not going to take much of an argument to convince me that officials uh, are incompetent or get the play wrong due to incompetence. I'll never really believe that they're biased for one team or another, or conference or another. Uh, but officials are going to miss calls. Unfortunately, inexplicably, this somehow includes
0: the replay booth. Yeah. Yeah. All right Jimmy let me tell everybody about betonline.ag betonline.ag use that promo code locked on you'll get a 100% bonus 100% bonus on betonline.ag you can't go wrong there it's a ton of fun you can bet on reality tv of course you can bet on college football you can bet on you can bet uh, in game like live That's always a lot of fun. Like if Alabama's up seven to nothing on Ole Miss and the spread may change, you can bet on on that spread one way or the other. So you can keep betting on the same game all throughout the game. Um, You can bet on uh, Major League Baseball. Of course, the playoffs are coming into shape. You can bet on NFL. That's always a lot of fun. You can have teasers and parlays. You can play poker. You can play blackjack. BetOnline.ag. Use promo code LockedOn. Get a hundred percent welcome bonus. You will love, love, love how easy it is to pay in. Even easier to get paid from BetOnline.ag. The site is so simple. It's so cool and easy to download. BetOnline.ag. All right, Jimmy. For the final segment here, uh, I want to ask you. Uh, first of all, we I got something from a from a listener. Okay. And I got to pull it up with my email. So everybody just hang tight. Nobody go anywhere. Um, I've got to find this. Everybody stay with me as if you would go anywhere. You're probably fast forwarding, but please don't. Okay. This is from Cameron Bishop, who is a loyal listener. He said, uh, he asked me if, will you and Jimmy touch on why some potential coaches are on the field during games while others are in the box? I'll let you tackle that, Jimmy. Well, it's a comfort thing.
1: It's not a Nick Saban thing. Keep this in mind under Nick Saban. He's been here 15 years now. I mean, very few times do college fans get such a, a long glimpse at what their coach does. I mean, right. I mean, most coaches 10 years or two, three, four, five, six years, but we we've been fortunate to have Nick Saban for 15 years. So we can see exactly how Nick Saban does things, uh, over the course of a long, you know, track record and under Saban Some defensive coordinators have been on the field with him, uh, making the calls with, uh, with some of their assistants in the booth. Uh, some offensive coordinators have been on the field with their brethren up in the booth. Other coordinators prefer being in the skybox in the booth so they can see more clearly what's going on. Coach Saban literally leaves it up to his coordinators. It is the coordinator's call entirely. So for instance, uh, our defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, he prefers to be on the field. So he will be on the field. He will appoint two of his assistants, two full-time assistants will be in the booth upstairs that are his eyes. Uh, I, I don't know all that they do. Every staff's going to be a little different, but generally the, the guys that are in the box call down to him the other team's personnel. And since Pete's on defense, The guys in the box, the first thing they call down is the personnel. They use numbers to do that, Uh, 11, 12, 13, 22, whatever the personnel group, that's the first thing. So someone in the booth is responsible for alerting Pete what the offensive personnel is going to be on the upcoming snap. The second one is then responsible for telling Pete early formation, early formation and suggested play call – that's on the sheet because they work on it all week. People think they make the play calls off the cuff. That's not true. They work on it all week. They have a complicated computer uh, software system that enables, that helps them with this. And uh, and it's on the sheet. So on a, on a certain down and distance and certain personnel groups, we know what their tendencies are. What, what does Ole Miss tend to run on second and six from their own 34-yard line? What do they tend to do? And we have – a counteraction to that. So somebody up in the booth will then make what amounts to a suggested play call that comes from the sheet. And then Pete signals in the play call very often what's suggested, but Pete's the defensive coordinator. It's his call. He has the authority to make the call on his own by gut from the sidelines if he chooses. And all of that stuff is reviewed on Sunday so that they, you know, perfect it. They try to get it right. Like, Hey, when did I change the call? When did I not change the call? Should I have changed the call? and that sort of thing. There's a constant effort to improve and to, send to Monday morning quarterback their own decisions and, and try to improve. And, of course, the exact same thing happens on offense. Weirdly, though, Luke, for Alabama, not weirdly, but just the way it works out, Bill O'Brien wants to be in the booth. That's what he chooses. He chooses to be in the booth and make the calls from up there. Sark liked being on the field. He was on the field last year. But Nick Saban allows his coordinators, both offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, to make their own decision? Where are they more comfortable being in charge, upstairs or downstairs?
0: Well, I would say that was pretty damn comprehensive, Jimmy. Uh, Very well done. (laughs) Um, All right, guys, what I want to do next time, we will cut this podcast short. But next podcast, I want to talk about freshmen. Of course, we will talk about Alabama and NFL, like we always do on Wednesdays after the Monday night games. But uh, we will talk about Alabama and the NFL and the performances there. But I want to talk about freshmen, like what freshmen hasn't played that you thought would play, things like that. So something to think about, Jimmy. But until then, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.